there and welcome to Rising. I'm your host, Nista Dubay. In Rising, we discuss connecting to your power, navigating life using your intuition, and making a mark on this world. Join me in today's episodes and our journeys towards fulfillment as we rise together. Welcome back to Rising. We're in episode five and I'm on today with Ethan Figueroa. We're going to be talking about sort of the impact of life coaching and really the mental game behind success. So I'm really excited to have him on today. Ethan, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Ethan Figueroa. I'm a life coach uh, based out of uh, South Florida. And I'm happy to be on the podcast. Awesome. So tell us just a little bit about your story, how you got into life coaching, um, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, so it's a pretty long story. Um, I kind of stumbled into life coaching, uh, like uh, essentially on accident. Um, And it started because I was trying a bunch of different businesses. I dropped out of college uh, because I said, you know, screw that. Didn't want to do it anymore. And so I decided to drop out of college, start a business. And essentially kind of fumbled around starting different businesses here and there, not really getting anywhere uh, to where I wanted. And then one of the businesses was an online seminar where I would sell tickets and teach people how to overcome procrastination. And what ended up happening is nobody, only one person bought a ticket. A few other people started contacting me about it, but nobody, not enough people showed up, signed up to, uh, for me to actually host the seminar. So I decided to just offer coaching instead. And as soon as I got onto the what I thought what I was going to be coaching them on was procrastination. It kind of just delved straight into like very, very deep topics and I essentially kind of just let it flow. And I found out that I was like very, very comfortable um, in the position of talking about very, very deep stuff with other people. And after that happened, it kind of just rolled. That was like very deeply fulfilling. And I've been um, a life coach as soon as the first call happened. Super cool. So how did you know that leaving college was the right decision for you? Um, did you, you know, what was your career field kind of going into college? And where did that turnaround really happen where you were like, okay, this just isn't for me. And um, I got to kind of go down a separate path. So I, before going to college, I always knew that like I wanted to start a business. I would always wanted to be like my dad, like, follow my dad's footsteps and start be my own businessman, which is what I would always say. And I would, I remember my mom always telling me, like, you always talked about how you wanted to be the boss. Like you did, like whenever you get asked what to, what do you want to do when you get grow older? It's like, you want to be, I would say, I want to be a boss. I want to be in charge. <laughs> and I remember a lot of stuff about that. But um, so the whole plan is always to start my own business or either, um, you know, help my dad run his, the business he had then. And one of the things that my dad always told me was, Oh, I wish I knew how to market better. And so like, okay, well, I guess I'll learn that so I can help him grow the business when I'm done with college. Right. So that I know that skill. So I kind of went into college based on that. Um, that's how I picked my major and I never got to any marketing though, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what ended up happening is uh, it started going into high school, right? Like the, the time where you start picking your college, I was kind of scared of college. So I kind of just picked whatever my friends were going to go to. 
Uh, so I ended up going to Colorado Boulder, um, uh, which was a beautiful place. Um, but, you know, I, I was having trouble finding motivation. So I ended up moving back. And then I went to FIU, which is in Florida. It's, it's, if you don't go to UM, you go to FIU, basically. And there was the same thing. I had lots of trouble, like, finding motivation. And I didn't like the way that the classes were set up and how boring everything was. And I didn't really see a point in it, um, especially after my roommate told me, essentially, that everything that they're learning in marketing, about marketing, because he was a senior. He had... Um, friends that had moved out of the dorms and like uh, who had graduated essentially with marketing mm -hmm. degrees. And they had talked about how they were trying to get jobs and they basically had to relearn every single thing they learned in college, like mm -hmm. relearn something else, like an, in addition to their, what they learned for their major. Right. And at that point I was like, okay, well, I'm severely unmotivated to do all the work. And now the only tiny thing that, that motivate that, could have motivated me or is motivating me is completely gone. And so then um, I decided to drop out because at that point, the co college was like the, the pain of not doing the work because I was demotivated and not having any incentive to doing it, but constantly getting the feedback, like negative feedback from, from the college and like uh, from my grades and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. I started getting depressed. So I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, screw this. I don't need to do this. And that's, and I kind of got the inspiration to do that when I started learning about finding out about Gary Vee. I was like, oh, look at like, look at this guy. He's super successful. He's telling me I don't need to go mm -hmm. to college. And it's like my parents never went to college. And so I started thinking about like, hey, do I really need this degree like now? And so I kind of just dropped out and I started flipping bikes. And that's kind of like how the whole business thing transferred into coaching. Right. That's awesome. So it seems like it's kind of always been in the family blood to just be more entrepreneurial. So how is that conversation like with your parents, you know, when you're like, all right, this mm -hmm. just isn't for me. Um, did, you know, you have their support? Were they kind of hesitant? How did it really kind of go down? My parents were very, very supportive. And I'm super grateful for that. Because when, you know, obviously, they wanted to make sure I wasn't making like a rash decision. Mm -hmm. Um. Because literally one night I just, I, I was procrastinating so hard on this essay that I didn't want to do. And I called them like, yo, I can't do this. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't. And they were like, okay, um, just like, you know, finish the essay, get it done. And like, we'll talk about it in the future. Like, you don't have to, you don't, it's, you don't, have to, this doesn't have to be like a moment decision that you have to make. Mm -hmm. But after talking to them for a while um, and kind of, telling them what I wanted to do after dropping out they were very supportive because my mom was always like if you drop out you have to work like there's mm -hmm. no doubt about it like I need to see you doing something making progress towards like your goals and stuff like that to be independent and the moment I dropped out of college that's exactly what I was doing so they were always supportive and they've always been pretty supportive which is you know very lucky Sure. Yeah, you're you're definitely, you know, very fortunate in that aspect. I was watching this like video with Gary Vee the other day where he was talking about um just for like listeners out there listening, um, you know, when you're having a conversation with your parents about college just not mm -hmm. being right for you, if you're in that situation kind of similar to what you went through, um, he was like, you know, the best thing a parent can do is first of all listen, second be supportive. You know, if you find that your child really isn't thriving in that environment, it probably isn't for them. 
then go ahead and let them make that decision of dropping out. But very similar to what you did, make sure that they, you know, start working right away and they're providing for themselves financially. They're growing and progressing towards something bigger and they actually do have an impact outside of the college environment. So it seems like you, you know, your parents were definitely very um, sort of locked in with that mindset and you, you kind of went from there. So that's super, you know, inspiring to hear for listeners who are tuning in and kind of thinking of making a, a similar switch. And I know you kind of touched on feeling super like not motivated in college mm-hmm. and then slowly finding that motivation elsewhere when you started watching people like Gary Vee. So, you know, for listeners right now who are tuning in, who are in college and kind of going through a similar thing, um, how would you recommend they, they start go, you know, so they start going in search for that motivation? Like, where does it necessarily come from, in your opinion? And how do people really get in touch with something that like actually, you know, kind of inspires them, removes them right. enough to actually make them start developing that work ethic? That's a really good question. The I guess I want to start off. I want to start off answering it in a little bit different direction, though. If kind of thinking back on now and the whole story of me being unmotivated, I think if you're unmotivated to do something, many people bash themselves about it, and I know that I bashed myself about it. And when I was in college, I was like, "Oh well, I must be a shit student, or there must be something wrong with me." Literally, would be the, my internal dialogue, and it just the only reason that I didn't produce any results in that area is because I just wasn't motivated. So if you're currently unmotivated to do stuff, uh, don't bash yourself for it because it has, it's, it really just has to do with finding stuff that lights you up. Um, so to find that motivation, I'd say start watching different types of, uh, content, like on different topics and stuff and start reading books and start, consuming information and knowledge about different um, things that go on in the world. And I think naturally what ends up happening is that if it, if it's, if it gives you that spark, what ends up happening is like, you'll imagine yourself doing the things that you're learning about. Mm-hmm. And that like um, those visions of like, do, Oh, I could do this. And like, and, and it, that would like, that will naturally juice you up to do the work required um to get there but like uh definitely like if you start reading something or learning something you start imagining yourself and feeling really happy imagining yourself doing it then that's definitely something that like that's motivation right there like that's how you know you'll find it yeah that's how you know you got it totally no i i love that you kind of mentioned like the feeling of just naturally getting excited because i I always say this, but like your gut and your intuition naturally speak to you. So I thought the same thing. Like when I was, I mean, before I even started college, like when I was in high school, um, I I really never had motivation. I I went through Mm -hmm. mental illness of my own because I just found myself comparing like my performance to other people's. And I was just like, why don't I care enough to get good grades? Why do I not care enough to like invest as much time or effort into studying for exams as like people around me? And I always thought something was wrong with me. And, you know, it it was the same situation as yours where I was, I would procrastinate so much on assignments because I just couldn't get myself to get started or find any sort of drive to actually, you know, pursue those assignments or actually do them well. It was very much like a half-hearted thing where um, I would kind of just do a bare minimum and then be like, okay, cool, I'm done with this, move on to the next thing. And I always felt myself being super drained, like by the end of the day. And it was just like a repetitive thing to the point where I thought something was wrong with me. 
I thought that I just, you know, wasn't going to be a successful person. I definitely had insecurities about not being a good student, about not being intelligent at, at a lot of points. So I like that you mentioned, first of all, just gaining exposure, like putting yourself out there, watching videos, talking to different people, mm-hmm. consuming content on social media, along with books and finding things that resonate. And if they do resonate, like, you know, for listeners right now who are tuning, tuning in, go ahead and write them down, maybe make a mental note of them. Um, just start noticing what does resonate with you and what doesn't because I promise that for like 90% of people I know who like went to college and high school and did the whole traditional standardized route they didn't really find that spark in their college classes it was always outside of that environment so kind of going back to you know those those beliefs that you and I had about us not being you know successful or being bad students or not necessarily being like you know I guess the most like competent in our areas how did you start to like overcome those limiting beliefs? Was it through your transition into doing things that you actually liked and noticing that you were kind of gaining more feedback and traction and, um, you know, even monetary financial success? Like, how did you start to overcome those insecurities with time? Uh, the ins- which insecurities? Just feeling like you, you know, obviously like weren't a good student. You said that you didn't feel like you had a lot of energy or motivation. Like how did those, mm-hmm. how did you basically like shift those limiting beliefs towards something that was more productive um, and just okay. more, yeah. So that, that's actually a very interesting question again, because it's getting me to think in new ways, which I like, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> so what I just realized now is that like those limiting beliefs transferred over to when I was, when I started business, which is a lot of the reasons why um, I never made any like serious progress in any of the things that I didn't know would keep switching to different things. Cause that mindset of like, Oh, the feedback I'm getting is negative, which means there's something about me that's negative mm-hmm. um, transferred directly into starting the business. And I think what, what got me, to at first that was just a sheer like I want to do this so much I don't care how I feel about it like how like I don't like there was like part of me that that um that believed I could do it and another part that was like uh everything Mm -hmm. I do is a failure so I must be there that must be some kind of evidence to my ability forever like my not just like I I never I think that was like a very unconscious belief and it's very hard to get at those unconscious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And what eventually ended up breaking it like 100%, that specific belief and any other limiting beliefs, just getting into like self-development. Cause it took a bit for me to, to, I wanted to improve myself, but it was very much like, uh, like the YouTube improve yourself where it's like, get on that mm-hmm. grind, hustle, hard work, you know, motivation these are like very um that's like what sells Mm -hmm. all over the internet and stuff but it's like you need to understand that like what's going on whatever's stopping you from making the progress is very nuanced in particular to you as an individual and you can take that inspiration from from those sources but you need to like do some real deep work on finding out why you get into certain patterns that don't get you to the place that you want. Yeah. Um, And diving into like self-development and understanding that you have limiting beliefs in the first place um, definitely helps with 
getting rid of those limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm, for and, sure. And one book that's that I've read actually like within the past three four months that kind of painted a very clear picture of what was holding me back was this book called Mindset, which is written by um, and I highly recommend it. It's written by the lady I forget her name, but essentially the doctor who created the um, the topic like the the term growth mindset versus fi- fixed mindset, and it talks about how. So what some people think that you have that having a growth mindset actually um, leads to like a lot of other positive and empowering beliefs. When you have a fixed mindset, it's very much like the core of all of your limiting beliefs is at some level a fixed mindset. And at the base of each mindset is, you know, I have the ability to improve over time. I'm born with certain, you know, qualities, talents and abilities or whatever. And then I can improve over time. And then the fixed mindset is I'm born with certain qualities, abilities, and I'm stuck like that forever. And what's very interesting is that you have a combination. Most people have a combination of both. Mm-hmm. And what's even more interesting is that sometimes, most, I think all the time, I think this is how most people's limiting beliefs are. They're all like unconscious. Mm-hmm. And that you need to like, you do very much questioning of your own thoughts and your own beliefs. And it's just all about self-awareness, which is that game is very, uh, I mean, that's a whole podcast about self-awareness. Yeah. But but one thing that I would say that would help getting rid of that limiting belief is to focus on areas where you're not feeling um, that it's true that you can improve your ability. So one thing for me was when I kept failing, I would somehow add it to my stack of like reasons why I'm not good or reasons why I like, I won't be able to do this. Uh, and that was like part of me thinking that. And another part was like, oh, that's, that's bullshit. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just something in my head. But mm-hmm. it took a minute to kind of like overcome that. But that part of me that was thinking that, um, thought that while simultaneously if you had asked me hey do you think people can improve over time I would have said yes because mm-hmm. logically I would been I would have been there agreeing with you but emotionally and unconsciously those beliefs were still like part of me and they were right. holding me back like the, the fixed mindset beliefs yeah. so it's like it's a very interesting introspective game of getting rid of those limiting beliefs yeah and it, and it starts like the hardest part is figuring out that you even have them mm-hmm and what they are, because the second part is like, that's like the hardest part of the whole, that whole challenge right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the fact that a lot of our limiting beliefs are so deep rooted and at such a subconscious mm-hmm. level that we oftentimes don't even recognize that they are limiting beliefs. And we just kind of make those um, beliefs, you know, very fixated into our realities. And then therefore, we just kind of perpetuate them. So definitely got to check yeah. out that that book. Um, I actually didn't know that she she coined the term growth and fixed mindset. So definitely want to look into that. But I, I can tell you guys like for myself, you know, kind of things, some things that I did to just start overcoming my limiting beliefs um, with time is watching people who've actually done it. Like I, you know, I'm always scrolling through TikTok and looking yeah. at, you know, people who, are my age in their 20s and you know they they have six figure businesses or they became millionaires before the age of 25 and 
Um, you know, some of them dropped out of college, some of them never had a nine to five, they just kind of went right into it and sort of kind of went into full swing. So I always wondered how it worked for them. And I think that in society, we traditionally have this belief that for the people who've made it, you know, it's it was just right. luck. It was pure luck, like all those one off yeah. names like mm-hmm. JK Rowling or Henry Ford's or this is just anyone who's who we talk about like Walt Disney and all of them were just one-off names but I don't really think they were one-off names I think those were the people who just worked hard enough to overcome their beliefs or their limiting beliefs rather to make their dreams a reality and I was you know just reading about this and like think and grow rich I know you've read that as well but there's just so many accounts of um you know people who just never took rejection to heart or never stopped at rejection whether that was their third time getting rejected or their 50th time getting rejected. It was the matter of they had their end goal and they had their destination so rooted in, you know, their, their vision that they mm-hmm. weren't letting anything shake that they weren't ready to sacrifice that for anything. And um, I think that's a huge thing that oftentimes people in society overlook because they're so people are so quick to say, Oh, that person just got lucky or that person right. just has it good. But I, I personally don't believe in luck. You know, I think everything is a matter of hard work and mindset. I think it's very much a 50-50 thing. And I, I think that there's a lot of people who can work hard and work day and night and really kind of like, you know, totally like take mm-hmm. a goal from sort of A to Z and make it work. But I also think that if that one person just doesn't have the mindset or doesn't truly believe that they – you know, can be successful if they're too scared of failure or rejection or what society thinks of them. It doesn't matter how hard of a worker they are. I just don't think that that end goal or that ultimate destination will necessarily be met if they stay in the mindset of of fear. But I think that, you know, at the same time, like you can have someone who maybe hasn't developed like a solid work ethic yet. They're still working on it. They might haven't found, they might have been like found a thing that really motivates them or inspires them, but they could totally have this mindset of, I know I'm going to be successful one day. I don't know what that is yet, but nothing's going to stop me or come in my way of doing that. And I think that that sort of mindset will take you a lot further once you obviously develop those, those skills of work ethic and time management and all of that. But I think oftentimes people think that there is like a direct correlation between hard work and success and that, if you just don't get successful and you work hard, you just got unlucky. But I think there's a lot behind the scenes that we don't see. And there's, you can't see people's thoughts. You can't see people's limiting beliefs. If they never voice voice them to you, you will never know. So at the end of the day, it's, it's a matter of internal work and a lot of subconscious reprogramming. So what I started doing is, you know, just watching people on TikTok who've done it, you know, watching YouTube videos and um, you know, accounts and reading stories of just people who were in their 20s and did those crazy things. Because then that made me realize that the beliefs that I was holding in my head about, okay, I need a college degree to be successful or a nine to five first, and then I can branch off and have my business. I needed that sort of route to be successful. But I realized that those were all limiting beliefs that I was choosing to conform to due to what society fed to me, not, you know, what I truly wanted to believe. And seeing those people around me make it without having met any of those benchmarks was truly inspiring. So that's what got me to actually take my leap of faith and turning down a nine to five to start my own, you know, business and my nonprofit and all of that. But I think for you that that kind of spark happened a lot earlier. So for sure. no, def- and, and, mm-hmm. and I actually, the same thing happened. The same thing uh, helps with helped with me too. If you have, um, 
like, I mean, you have Gary V. There's Grant Cardone. There's you know all sorts of influencers and stuff. And that is like, like when you're when your mind believes like you can't do it, but you but you have someone who's not really that different from you, who's currently doing it and showing and talking about how they're doing it, like. <clears throat> it helps to have like direct evidence against mm-hmm. your own limiting beliefs. And those are like great sources of that kind of evidence that essentially proves that part of you wrong. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, well, this guy keeps talking. It's like, you know, these people, especially Gary V um, and Grant Cardone are one of my favorites, but whoever you resonate with, you're going to start relating to naturally. That's why you resonate yeah. with them. And they'll start talking about their past and all these different things and you'll start learning them. And you'll, if you like really get obsessed, like I did about Gary Vee and Grant Cardone, you'll learn that there's nothing different between you and them. Mm-hmm. Like they're just a normal person who just happens to want something so much that they're willing to improve themselves about it, improve themselves, improve themselves in order to get it. And having exactly. that like model of like not the, mo- the example of that, it can happen for this guy. And he's no different than me. And he started off in the same spot. Like Grant Cardone's a great example. He he was addicted to drugs when he was 26, had no job, no, no nothing. And he's now like one of the top influencers of the world and has this portfolio mm-hmm. of a billion dollars of, of real estate. And it's just, it's understanding other people's story so that you can see like how your story can unfold in the way that you want that you start having more um, confidence in your, your future, basically. Yeah, that's huge. And it's super important that you also mentioned the fact that you want to kind of look up to someone who you can relate mm-hmm. to. Cause for me, that was Haley Hoffman Smith for people who don't know her. She um, is a Forbes speaker. She's a motivational speaker. She's given some Ted talk. She also writes books and um, has a nonprofit. So she's doing a lot of things and, Um, I was actually fortunate enough to be able to meet her. But the reason that I wanted to go out of my way to meet her and the reason I look up to her so much is because I truly feel like I can resonate with her. And um, you guys should definitely check her out on TikTok. She has some amazing videos about her journey. But um, she basically switched into an Ivy League school like halfway through college. Um, I, I know that she dealt for a very long time with imposter syndrome and feeling like she wasn't good enough and would compare herself to other people. And um, is now like thriving in, in her studio apartment in New York. And she has a lot of opportunities just going on for her. And they're constantly flooding in because she, you know, it's constantly working on overcoming her limiting beliefs and manifesting more opportunities and success into her life. And she'll be the first person to say in a lot of her TikToks and videos that it took a lot of reprogramming her, you know, subconscious mind to actually start conforming to beliefs that mm-hmm. she truly wanted in her reality. And she realized that her, insecurities about herself and the imposter syndrome that she dealt with for a very long time were just invalid thoughts and they were stemming from fear but they weren't actual you know ideas rooted in reality that she had to abide by so for me it was really her story that got me to be like you know I'm only 22 like I don't need to go down the path that everyone's going down on just because like society tells you that's gonna be a little bit more safe you know um, so I think it's like starting to overturn those beliefs as well. Like the idea of, oh, you might be more secure if you do this because it's like, okay, what does that mean? Like, sure. I'll have a stable financial income if I, you know, do have a steady job, but does that necessarily 
equate to stability in my happiness or my work-life balance? Or do I get to see my friends and my family the same way? Do I have freedom financially to travel? Um, I think that having economic or financial safety is one thing, but just having deep fulfillment and freedom Mm -hmm. to live life the way that you want is a totally different thing. And oftentimes it takes like making that gamble on yourself and really getting out of your comfort zone to actually go for that. And I, I meet so many people all the time who are like, yeah, like I really want to travel the world or like live in Beverly Hills or move to the West coast and like leave my nine to five and, and go into acting. And it's like, that's awesome. And those are totally beliefs that you should continue, you know, to visualize and, and imagine yourself in. And that's amazing. But it's like, when are you going to take that risk? Are you really willing yeah. to put everything on the line and make that happen? And if so, when, because I notice oftentimes people say one day, but they push off the idea of one day. And it's like, you got to really start creating that reality now and acting as if you are living that reality now. And that's pretty much the basis to like manifesting. It's, you know, not saying one day and pushing it off because I think that's still, that still stems from fear. That still stems from your ego, but instead making those things a reality. So if you're trying to go for the acting career on the West coast, like start networking with people in the industry now, start, you know, getting on calls, start, you know, reaching out and sending cold LinkedIn messages or DMs to people, create your portfolio, really start applying to talent agencies, you know, make that happen. But I know people who dream big and then kind of act small, but I I think it's very much like a hand in hand thing. You got to dream big and you got to act as if, and you really got to act big like now Um, and everything else will start to sort of unravel with time. Exactly. And it really comes down, I think to help like people um, be like inspired to take that action. Something that I've been kind of thinking about recently is like, if you really think about it, like if you have, if I don't know, if you're someone like me who kind of just ruminates about the future, what the possibilities of the future. So, cause I know some people don't, um, are not as used to like envisioning where they want to be in the future. But if you do find something, like if you do work enough to find something that motivates you so much, that inspires you so much, um, then I think you just automatically start going into action mode to mm-hmm. start making it happen. Maybe you have limiting beliefs here and there that'll like be roadblocks. But if you find something so strong enough, you believe in so strong enough, then you can't, you won't be able to find a reason not to go after it. So I think a lot of people, what stops them is their, their fear of dreaming big, bigger than they're currently dreaming mm. and envisioning the future in like all its possibility. Yeah. Because I mean, like, if that's not if that's not big enough, if that doesn't give you an emotional kick thinking about those things, then there is nothing like you don't have a sense of urgency. Like, mm-hmm. I think once you get to the point where you're dreaming so big and that whatever that means to you, you know, like you have a wonderful, beautiful relationship or, or whatever area, you can still be in a nine to five. You don't you don't also you don't have to necessarily be, you know whatever, whatever you want to dream of, that's owning a house or a boat or whatever it is. If that's so strong enough that the thought of not doing it kind of makes you a little sick. And the thought of like who you'd have to become in order to not want to do that. Um, 
makes you gives you like a sense of pain then I don't think you've found like something that's motivating you enough because mm-hmm. I'm I fully believe like um that that the vision is like the thing that that makes it all the vision and the purpose behind it is like the what makes everything um worth it because like obviously mm-hmm. if you if you chase a vision you know you're gonna have obstacles roadblocks challenges you're gonna feel pain like you're accepted mm-hmm. ex- ex- essentially going on a journey that's going to beat you up a little bit here and there and in some cases a lot of bit and there's going to be ups and downs all, all over the way mm-hmm. but if that vision's strong enough then everything that happens is justifiable everything that happens is worth it and is meaningful and necessary to the way to get there mm-hmm. uh, what, do you, what do you think yeah i was just going to say that one statement that you made about if you ha- if you think about the person that you would have to settle for if you didn't accomplish mm-hmm. your goals makes you just feel uneasy in any way that's probably like the most powerful thing that like we've talked about on this podcast and I like really want to write that down and kind of say that to myself every day and I think listeners should also really reiterate that to themselves I never ever thought about it that way and I so like love that and resonate with that but it's very true I think oftentimes in society we're conditioned to go towards what's safe and what's reasonable and realistic that we're willing to actually sacrifice on the things that maybe make us more happy and excited and, you know, give us that rush of adrenaline because those things might, you know, what if we just don't make it? What if we fail? What if we put everything on the line and go for those things and um, something goes wrong, right? And that's, those are natural thoughts. Those stem from your ego, but it's super important to realize that you are fully capable of going after those big dreams that the only thing that's holding you back is simply your belief in not making it. And I I also really appreciate that you mentioned that that could go beyond just your career. That could be maybe your big dream is like, as you said, buying a house or a boat, or maybe it's just traveling the world. Um, It can be more than just a career thing, definitely. And I do think a lot of times for people, you know, their purpose and their mission sometimes does happen to be more suitable for a nine to five job. I know for a lot of Mm. programmers or coders or actuaries, like their lifestyle and their work routine just fits perfectly into the nine to five schedule and they're totally you know making a difference in the world and living up to their purpose and and their mission and that's amazing it can be so much more than that I know in my example personally I always use the whole nine to five thing because that's what happened to um it, it happened to work for me to not go down that route but it can totally work for other people and there are definitely dreams that go beyond just your career as long as you're doing something that is impactful and Um, I think it's super important to start developing those beliefs at a young age as well, because the longer you wait, then I think the more you're going to get stuck into a cycle of, you know, developing certain behaviors and lifestyle and hanging out with certain people that may not be totally conducive to your growth. So make sure that when you're, you know, reprogramming your subconscious mind and you're exposing yourself to all these resources and these books and um, these ideas of, okay, I, I really got to dream big and act big. Make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are doing the same exact thing. Because I noticed that for myself, I had like a huge, bo- like when I was traveling last semester, I had this huge boost of like, you know what? I realized that I had so many limiting beliefs about my career and my job. And I really don't want to, you know, go back to Northern Virginia and work in corporate. Like I had this whole revelation where mm-hmm. I 
wanted to really drop everything and put everything on the line and like move to Europe and start my life there. Like that was my big epiphany. And then I came back to Virginia Tech um, for my second semester of my senior year. And I was surrounded by, um, you know, the, the same conversations of, you know, going for jobs or careers in the tech and then in the corporate world and job fairs and, you know, how much money people were making and starting salaries out of college. And I was surrounded by that so much that I started to let go of that big epiphany I experienced when I was abroad and instead started to kind of like try and fit back into the mold and once again, go to career fairs and apply to tech jobs and even interview and even like contemplate accepting an offer for um, a full-time position at a tech company. So it it got me almost back to square one, you could say. Um, And I think for me to pull myself out of that once again, it really took like I was laughing about it. Like it took a whole global pandemic for me to really be like, <laughs> hold up. Like, this is not what I want. And that just says a lot about, um, I'm not going to blame society. I'm going to blame myself for conforming to society. But that just says a lot about like how many other people could be on the same boat with simply going with the norm and not thinking twice about right. it. So, um, so let me, can, yeah, go for when it. You, when you kind of had that realization, did you, um, did you tell anybody about it? The, like any of your friends? The, um, which time? Like when I was abroad or yeah, when I was quarantined? Oh, so you so you end up going abroad? Remember, um, so I was abroad last semester and that's when I had the oh, okay. revelation of like, okay, no, I don't same like tech job and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it kind of, mm-hmm. you kind of fell into the same pattern. Exactly. So I came back to school, fell into the same pattern. And then when COVID oh, really okay. striked and I got, you know, all the classes shifted to the online yeah. format and I was at home, that's when I was like, wait, something seems wrong. So mm-hmm. it was like a back and forth type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That slowing down definitely like it, it forces you to think about things. A hundred percent. More methodically. Definitely. So but, I definitely mm-hmm. want to highlight that for, for listeners. Like I was watching this video the other day from this one, yeah. this one guru. I'm trying to remember his name. He's, he's from India and he was just talking about how Is people just Sadhguru. it's not Sadhguru. it's another one i okay. i don't know his name um yeah he always like wears a robe i'm pretty sure he i don't know if he's still a monk or was and he has like a ball i don't i don't know how to describe him but he's um he was having this conversation with with a guest and he was saying that people never have conversations with themselves And he was like, yeah, like, I'll talk to people and ask, like, okay, when do you have time for yourself? And people will always say, like, oh, okay, I I go on jogs every day. That's, like, you know, my my 30-minute, like, time to myself. Or I'll walk my dog. So, like, yeah, I spend a lot of time with myself. But he was like, even those situations aren't spending time with yourself. Like, when you're jogging, you're trying to avoid traffic. You may be self-conscious of people driving past Mm -hmm. you. You're going to try and dodge people, like, walking in your path. When you're walking your dog, half your mind's, like, obviously – you know, on your dog, like making sure it's okay, same things, traffic neighbors, etc. But when when he says talk to yourself, he really means like sit down in a quiet room, close your eyes, observe your thoughts, like get into the meditative state, and then really try and figure out what is going on in your life or what kind of questions you want to answer that just do resonate with you that do, you know, strike a chord with you. And then what things you know, when you think of them, maybe you respond in a kind of uneasy manner. Maybe you feel kind of, you know, maybe sick or upset or just sort of odd to think about, like really have those conversations with yourself and sit down and and allow your intuition to analyze them instead of your mind. Um, And yeah. And like try and get into that slow brainwave state instead of being that active state of mind. So 
I think that's huge. And like, for me, I only really started doing that again, once quarantine started, because I, I would meditate every single day consistently. And the more I meditated, the more I was like, wow, thinking of taking that job offer feels more and more wrong by the day. But my mind mm-hmm. and my logical, rational side of my head were like, no, you got to take that job. Like, it makes sense. You know, like, it's a good company. It's close to your house. It pays well. Um, you can branch off like after a year, all those like things that your mind likes to kind of like, you know, yeah, it likes to, it likes to come mm-hmm. up with all the, a bunch of reasons why exactly and it, it just stacks up reasons, 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 reasons why you should do that. When like the only, like the only reason you should like do anything is because you just really, really want to like, not 100%. because it has like all these different logical things that that support why this is a smart decision mm-hmm. the whole and i like how you said um analyzing things with your intuition mm-hmm. because that's such an interesting way of looking at it how you instead of like and like take your thoughts then like analyze them with your feelings mm-hmm. and see how they line up to like what you actually want to do it's a pretty interesting perspective like yeah that. yeah for sure and like i remember i was um, going back to the point I was making about like mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with the right people. That's huge. Right. Cause like, as I said, my mindset kind of shifted depending on my environment. So for people listening right now, you know, now that you're in your groove and you've found sort of what you want to do and what you're, mm-hmm. you know, not willing to set boundaries, like whatever, now that you found what you want to go for, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who have growth mindsets, who are willing to work on themselves, who are also trying to go after their goals, um, whether that's in their lifestyle or career or, you know, relationship, whatever, make sure that you are constantly stimulated with those types of conversations and those types of resources. And, um, you know, like I found for myself, like after really getting into life coaching and branding, um, I found so many people through the TikTok community, including you who, you know, people are constantly like reading the same books and like watching the same people. Um, and you know, just you and I being able to hop on a podcast as like 22 year olds to talk about these types of topics and conversations, I would never talk about these kinds of things with mm-hmm. people who went to my school, you know, maybe here and there casually, Same. but like, it's not, it's not a common thing. And commonly people, people are talking about other things, like what they did over the weekends or like the night out or all of that, which is fun for the time being, but it's like, where is that really going to take you in the long run? So make sure that you guys, once you found this groove that you join some sort of community, whether that's a physical community, like in your local neighborhood or, even if it's at school with like-minded people who are trying to, you know, grow towards something bigger, whether that's a business nonprofit, their personal goals, or if you can't find a physical community around you, um, go find an online community. Like literally I start like branding right. yourself on TikTok. Like you'd be surprised at how many like-minded people you come across. I get, I meet so mm-hmm. many like-minded people. People so ask many. me for, for book, or book recommendations and things like that. And they're so yeah. positive and supportive. Yes. Like, it is like, the most positive community for yeah. sure. So yeah, but um, I wanted to ask you, like, do you have mm-hmm. any tips for people who, um, you know, just add on to what I said, like are kind right. of now in the place where they're ready to go towards their dreams and goals, but they may feel stuck in their environment currently. Like what, can, what are some things they can do? We'll definitely start hanging out with, you know, people who share the same values as you do. And I think, uh, you know, when I started hearing that advice, like online and stuff like that, I was like hesitant. I was like, nah, that it's it's like whatever, it's whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a necessity, which it's it is not a necessity. 
to get to where you want, but it's definitely not um it's definitely a disadvantage if you don't do that mm-hmm. and understanding that like really understand that if you think it's not that big of a deal to have like a supportive friend group or or people who share the same who at least have like long term goals or or want to do you know get what they really want in life and stuff like that um if you think that's not that big of a deal, you're completely wrong because yeah. like it is 100% a factor. We're like, we are social creatures. And Mm -hmm. if we don't, um, and what ends up happening is when we get together, like we grow, we like learn things about the world and kind of share our worldview with each other, um, like unconsciously as we're communicating with each other. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to build up beliefs and a view of the world that lets you, and a a new perspective, it's very, very hard when other people have, um a perspective that that is in direct conflict with the one you're trying to build or the one you're that you have like if you believe that you can achieve your dreams and the moment you start talking about like you know something that you're really looking forward to or something that you really want to do like you share your dreams with somebody um i've noticed that like um if the person isn't like at the point where they're they believe that they that that can happen they'll it it becomes a very weird awkward conversation very Mm -hmm. quickly Mm -hmm. and that's because like what you're saying makes them uncomfortable yeah because it kind of questions their beliefs and stuff like that and if you want to build new beliefs and like improve your mindset the fastest way possible is to meet people who have the mindset that you want to have and i don't even know how i could stress it enough like do not (laughs) waste your time thinking that you can um that it's not that big of a deal because it is 100 percent a big of a deal like like you are the sum of like the, your friend groups mm-hmm. 100%. Like, 100 yeah 1000 yeah i also like think it's really important to highlight that you mentioned that we're also communicating unconsciously so the people mm-hmm. that you surround yeah. yourself with it's more than just like physical conversations it's like their demeanor their body language you know even the thoughts that they have internally whether or not they're physically vocalizing those thoughts to you it's it's something that is kind of like this unconscious um dialogue almost happening between you and the other person so just to be mindful of that and and know that you're going to pick up on that the more time you spend with them so that's that's huge and yeah yeah. especially if you've been hanging out with them for a long time it's it's very hard to kind of to separate like in the moment when you're talking to somebody that you've known for a long 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 time and you know, they, they're not like that supportive. They don't really have the mindset that you're trying to go after. Um, or they, let's say they just have a negative mindset in general, that whole subconscious unconscious, like communication that happens between both of you is like a very interesting part of how they influence you. Cause in order to communicate, we have to agree upon things and certain ways of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. And that kind of rubs off when I when you say a comment and I start talking about what you're saying and stuff like that. I'm making like these, like there's assumptions of the world that you're making, and that's how, and those you're communicating to me through those assumptions, mm-hmm. and it affects the way I feel, and also those assumptions end up rubbing on me if I'm going to communicate in a way that does that essentially doesn't invalidate everything 
that you're saying. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's like big. I can't just stop the conversation and say, hold on, like, let's talk about the way you're looking at things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's more like, well, I just have to I have to communicate. Like I have to move the conversation forward mm-hmm. and I can't just sit here forever and just like us talk about how I think your beliefs are, are wrong. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's a, that's a really big deal. And um, there's a lot that I that I think goes into commu- communication and, and what kind of end up, ends yeah. up attributing to your personality and the, the way that you um, pretty much express your beliefs into the world, whether that's, you know, directly face to face with someone or in, in videos, if you're like a YouTuber, a TikToker, or in, mm-hmm. in your writing, if you're a writer, there's um, a lot of different forms of communication. And I think it's um, definitely like the people that you spend time with, you start to kind of get into the state of flux where you start picking up on little things. So I, I also can't stress that enough, guys, like really find a supportive community. And, and when I say supportive, it doesn't have to be people who necessarily have the same perspectives as you entirely or the same opinions on everything I love having like you know challenging debates or conversations with people who are also you know growth mindset oriented people but they right. may just not totally resonate with everything I'm saying um which and, is fine that's which good. is yeah which is as better long, as long as they they communicate it and they get you know it, it, as long as it's healthy instead of someone just judging you because you think a certain way 100%. if they're like it's it's instead of judgment, like the, the group, your friend group should be curious about how you think, Absolutely. not just judging you and labeling you in a specific way. They should be they're like, Oh, you think this, let me, they should want be wanting to know more about how you think. Cause that's mm-hmm. how the growth mindset works. It's not like, um, you gotta be constantly improving. And if you find a yeah. friend group, that's like always trying to essentially improve their quality of life. Um, and help you improve yours that's where you find like a like a good friend group yeah or a good friend that's that's a really big deal i like that you mentioned that it goes beyond just someone simply disagreeing with you but instead right. someone willing to understand um mm-hmm. why there's a difference to begin with i think that's the best distinction between like the fixed and growth mindset so um yeah i definitely appreciate that and just you know kind of transitioning in, in towards our outro are there any upcoming projects or you know Anything that you want to give us a sneak peek on that you're working on? Uh, yeah, I have a book that I'm currently writing that should be done. Um, I don't know the name of it yet, so I can't even, <laughs> you know, say it. But if when it's out, it'll be available on destined.cc. Awesome. That's the URL. Um, and it's going to be about, it's all about mindset and essentially kind of a blueprint of how to... Um, achieve any goal that you'd like to achieve uh, or dream or any type of success. But awesome. uh, yeah, still, cool. still in like it's, it's baby stages. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Whenever it's out, everyone definitely go check out Ethan's book. Um, where can people find you if they're interested? Uh, they can find me on, on either TikTok or Instagram. Uh, Instagram is at uh the underscore ethano that's ethan with the letter o at the end and then tiktok is at self-development dude awesome thank you so much ethan for just you know taking your time out to be on this podcast i really enjoyed this conversation um for you guys that you know are listening in definitely go check out ethan's work go stay tuned with what he's working on right now um his book is coming out soon like he said and then if you're tuning into my podcast for the first time you can find me 
at Nista Dubay. That's my first and my last name on Instagram. Same handle on TikTok and same handle on YouTube. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Ethan, once again. And I will see you guys next time.